Amen to that. So in our Bible readings today, we continue to reflect on Paul's great letter to the Romans. And we arrive at chapter 11, the last of those three chapters where Paul grapples with the place of the people of Israel within God's purposes and plan. And in the passage that Abigail is going to read to us, Paul affirms very strongly that God has not rejected his people, but that God's mercy extends to Jew and Gentile alike. And that reading is followed by uh, a reading from the Gospels, Gospel set for today across the churches. And this is to be read by Norma. In it, Jesus asks what really makes us spiritually unclean or spiritually clean. Is it what goes into our mouths or what comes out of our mouths? So let's listen for how God is speaking to us today through these ancient words. Our first reading is from Romans 11, 1 to 2a, and 29 to 32. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I'm an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham and from the tribe of Benjamin. Did God reject his people whom he foreknew? For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading is taken from Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 to 20, from the Good News Translation. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into a person's mouth that makes him ritually unclean. Rather, what comes out of it makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees had their feelings hurt by what you said? Every plant which my Father in heaven did not plant will be pulled up, answered Jesus. Don't worry about them. They are blind leaders of the blind. And when one blind man leads another, 
both fall into a ditch. Peter spoke up, explain this saying to us. Jesus said to them, you are still no more intelligent than the others. Don't you understand? Anything that goes into a person's mouth goes into his stomach and then on out of his body. But the things that come out of his mouth came from the heart, and these are the things that make a person ritually unclean. For from the heart come evil ideas which lead him to kill, commit adultery, and do other immoral things, to rob, lie, and slander others. These are the things that make a person unclean. But to eat without washing your hands, as they say you should, does not make a person unclean. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, help us to hear your word to us, a word of challenge, but also a word of mercy. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. They say that cleaning is, cleanliness is next to godliness, and given the amount of hand sanitizer we've used recently, we must be coming very godly. I wonder, I wonder. Certainly, we are aware so much more of the need to wash our hands regularly for those 20 seconds, a proper scrub, uh, either sing happy birthday or the Lord's Prayer. I don't think it's quite the right use of the Lord's Prayer, but... Some people are using that. Whatever is right for you. But Jesus says, oh, don't bother about that. Just, it's not what, about your hands. Not what goes into your mouth. It might be, don't follow Jesus' advice in terms of hand cleanliness. He's not talking about viruses or dirt or basic hygiene. He's talking about something on a totally different level. Of course, we've learned so much more about the need for a proper diet and care in terms of preparation and cleanliness. So when Jesus says, uh, but to eat without washing your hands, as they say you should, this doesn't make you unclean. He's not talking about the use of hand sanitizer. We can have the, any amount of hand sanitizer and still remain spiritually unclean. 
Jesus is simply talking about a different kind of cleaning. For hundreds and hundreds of years, people have used this image of unclean and clean as a way of describing preparation to come into the presence of the holy God, the God who is all clean, all perfect, all holy. And it became obvious that religions of many kinds have developed rituals of cleaning that link in with this spiritual cleaning. And Judaism and the Hebrew faith had developed a very intricate way of making people clean for God. But the problem is that any amount of ritual doesn't make us truly clean in God's eyes. Rituals of cleaning and the use of holy water and washing uh, in preparation for every action doesn't make us holy. And the problem was that it developed into a way of talking of the clean and the unclean. There were people who were holy and good and clean, and there were others who were unclean. And whatever you do, don't get tainted by those unclean ones. And that wasn't the way of Jesus at all. He went out to those who were dismissed as the unwashed, the unclean, the ordinary, the sinful, the fallible, the broken, the sick. Who is truly clean before God? Surely all the water in the world cannot provide the cleaning we would need to come into relationship with this perfect, holy, wondrous God. God whose light is dazzling and whose love is beyond our grasp. We all fall short of the glory of God. Paul made that point again and again. We fall short of the glory of God. We are all disobedient to the ways of God. And that applies to the most righteous and godly and clean people and the most ungodly sinners. It reminds me of Shakespeare's portrayal of Lady Macbeth desperately trying to wash her hands of the blood of King Duncan. She and her husband had killed him to make Macbeth king. Out damn spot, 
out, I say. One, two, why then? Tis time to do it. Hell is murky. Fie, my lord, fie, a soldier and a feared? What need we fear? Who knows it when none can call our power to overcome, to account? Yet who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? What, will these hands ne'er be clean? No more, O that, my Lord, no more that. You mar all with your, star- with your starting. Here's the smell of blood still. All the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little hand. All the perfumes of Arabia. Weena may not be Macbeth or his lady, but our hands are sullied, sullied by human nature and our part in the injustices and violence of the world. Think of the last century and VJ Day and all that it marked and the decades that followed and all the murky life of the nations and our nation too. Our hands are solid and we cannot wash them. There's an evil, what Fred Pratt Green calls a fever in our blood. A fever in our blood. He puts it in his hymn. For he alone whose blood was shed can cure the fever in our blood and teach us how to share our bread and feed the starving multitude. Then let the servant church arise, a caring church that longs to be a partner in Christ's sacrifice and clothed with Christ's humanity. We are not made obedient by God's action. God doesn't bully us into loving others. But we are drawn into a new way of life by God's mercy, by that sacrifice on the cross for us all, drawing us in to that way of sacrificial love for others. His sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ, can cure the fever in our blood and teach us a new way. And that was Paul's discovery as he reflects on the place of Jew and Gentile within God's care. All, he said, all have become disobedient to God, all without exception. So all are reliant on God's mercy. All are unclean, yet God's mercy 
can make all things new. There's a prayer, a very simple prayer from the Orthodox Church. It's called the Jesus Prayer. And many Christians of that tradition use this prayer repeatedly. And they use it so that it becomes almost just part of them. It echoes the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector and the prayer of the tax collector in the temple who wouldn't even raise his eyes to God. But it focuses on Jesus, the one who knelt at his disciples' feet and washed them. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And when we grasp that all-embracing mercy, then in turn, perhaps we can become more merciful. More merciful to those who are different to us, those we find difficult, those we find frightening. Perhaps we can become more merciful with ourselves instead of beating ourselves up, knowing God's mercy for us. So I pray that you allow that mercy to flow through you and that you will be witnesses to that mercy in the world around us. God's mercy includes all. Mercy that is poured out in the good news of Jesus Christ, whose sacrifice can cure the fever in our blood. Thanks be to God.